name of God, the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. You may be seated. Good morning, everybody. Everybody online, good to have you with us. Good morning to you as well. Um, we're in the fourth week of a series about what it means to be a community gathered uh, around Jesus, to be formed as a community in Jesus. And last talk, week we talked about generosity, and this week we're talking about serving. And one of the things, one of the best and worst things about preaching, for me at least, is that when I'm preaching on a topic, usually I'm getting taught the whole week by the Lord about that topic personally. Um, and the, even this week, Michelle doesn't know I'm mentioning this, but we had a little bit of a heated discussion about the ways that I uh, need to like kick it into gear to serve my family in ways that I just didn't occur to me. And so I'm coming to you not as someone who has figured this out, but someone who is like in the shop right now getting worked on in terms of humility and service. And Michelle will say amen to this. We'll talk about it later, I'm sure. Um, so I, I'm coming to you in that kind of shape. And I, I'm, it's not always super fun, but I'm also grateful for it because the heart that I think is being created in us in service is, a, is the heart of Jesus. And that's what we want. Um, when we lean into incline our hearts to things like serving or service of others, it's not something that comes out of like a, ooh, I really want to do that naturally. It's not something that we wake up on Saturday morning and like, oh, I want to meet somebody else's needs, not my own. It's something that's just not default in the human condition. It's rough. It's hard. But friends, when a community of people has a renovation of their hearts that puts the needs of others before them, it becomes good news not only for them, but for other people. Like scandalously good news in the world. We become a Jesus people. And so this is, a, this is a, a conversation about good news taking root in our actual lives. So if you're thinking, okay, Sean's going to make a plug for service opportunities, and I'm going to end up serving in the nursery. That's what this is really about. Um, take a deep breath, um, because I have good news for you. But also, yes, I'm going to make space for you all to practice following Jesus with concrete and real actions and not get fooled by, well, in my head, my heart, I serve Jesus. No, I'm going to give you some real space to work this out uh, in, in real life. And Courtney's going to come up and share during the announcements about what that is. And by the way, you, some, most of you have probably, or many of you have gotten a call from Father Jonathan this week about, hey, where can I create some space for you to serve? So we are leaning into it together to get, uh, it, as a community, we're leaning in this together. Um, and to jump in, I want to look at our reading from Philippians chapter 2, but I want to uh, read to you how Eugene P Peterson puts his spin on this paraphrase of that exact passage. Let me read this for us. If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love may, has made any difference in your life, it's me, if being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care at all, Paul says, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. That is a rough word, isn't it? Does anyone go, oh yeah, that sounds great. I could totally do that. That sounds like a challenging but really good word, doesn't it? There's a simple posture that we see in what uh, Paul is writing uh, to the church here. And that posture isn't just a theory of um, selflessness. It's not just some sort of ideal. 
that we work toward, what Paul is describing is the person of Jesus, who is all of those things, who put himself aside for our sake. Paul is, in other words, saying, if you get Jesus at all, if you have benefited at all from his life serving you, do me a favor, follow him. Be like him. It's not rocket science, right? Be like Jesus. Follow his lead. Take on his orientation towards the needs of others. Not prioritizing yourself over them, but actually considering others more important than you. In the same way that Christ has done for us. Right? And by the way, amen that he did. Amen that he did. It's this self-emptying humility that we see in Jesus, this lowliness, this concern for the needs of others. That Paul is saying, if you've gotten anything out of following Jesus, make it this practice, that same orientation, that same posture towards other people. A posture of humility in community. Paul urges us on not to just um, know about the way that Jesus is so awesome. Yeah, he's like a servant. We love him, of course. Not to just know this, but to actually put it into action, to practice this. On this passage, um, John Chrysostom, an early church father, he was preaching about this very same reading from Philippians. And this is what he said. Our Lord Jesus Christ makes himself an example. This too, the blessed Paul does, bringing Christ before their eyes when he urges them to practice humility bringing Christ before their eyes when he urges them to practice humility. For nothing sustains the soul in the performance of good works as learning that through this one is becoming like God. Learning through this one, Jesus, we are transformed into his likeness. We become like him, taking his lead, learning from him. The example of Jesus reveals the heart of what a helping hand really ought to be, what it really is. He is the helping hand. He is the one whose life was emptied and given for the sake of others, was it not? And in him, we learn real humility. Not false humility, like, oh, stop it, but, you know. No, real humility. And not, by the way, like some sort of self-abasing, like no self-confidence or self-esteem whatsoever kind of thing, but actually just knowing your right place under God's care. And that you're not the most important person in this room. And by the way, when you see that cross processing through, that's what that's about. You see these people all over the aisle bowing. Why? Because with our bodies, we need to take concrete actions to pray and confess, Christ is Lord, not me. And notice how you're all oriented. And when I get this out of the way, we're all oriented to him. He is the one that we are submitting to and bowing before and taking his lead on. We can actually, in these small ways, practice that lowering of ourselves under his care. Lowering ourselves in humility, and rightfully so. We learn genuine humility from the master, Jesus. Paul goes on in verse 6 through 7, he says this. This is Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of God of men. We learn genuine humility from God, who is at the top of of his game, you could say, who has the highest social standing in the universe, from whom all things were made. 
who has no need, no lack, possesses all power and authority and wealth and honor and glory and power and majesty, and we could go on. This is the God that we learn genuine humility from? What a paradox. He was the one, this God, who didn't consider any of that something to be held onto, but out of love gave it up for us, lowered himself to become one of us. This, friends, is a huge act of humility. It's almost mind-blowing. There's an upside-downness to the way God does things. This God who descends from heaven to serve us in Jesus. There's an upside-downness to the way that God does things. It's not those at the top that Jesus glorifies or honors or respect, is it? But those serving from below, like we see in Jesus himself. Paul's urging us to reimagine and practice this kind of life, a life that is eager to be lowered like Christ with Christ and therefore realize that's where God is glorified, isn't it? All right, so our gospel reading kind of comes at this from the other side. Um, Jesus warns his disciples of those who heap burdens on others like pack animals, right? Those oppressive yokes and burdens who talk a good talk, but they don't live it. Who watch others struggle under burden and they don't lift a finger to help. Doesn't even maybe occur to them. They're still kind of wrapped up in their own world. They don't even notice the needs of other people around them. Who love to sit in a place of honor or comfort. Maybe like at a church potluck, let's say. I'm not picking on anybody, but we've all been to church potlucks, right? That's like the banquet, maybe, parallel they were, we're imagining here. Who love the place of honor and comfort at maybe a church potluck and won't take out the trash at that same potluck or do the dishes or consider that maybe they could get up and help serve the needs of other people. Yikes, right? Who it doesn't occur to that maybe others around me have needs. Those people who walk into a room and think, well, I'm kind of a big deal. I shouldn't have to clean the toilets. Who's those who use their power so readily to accommodate themselves rather than using their power to serve other people. In other words, self-centered, self-serving power makes us lose a resemblance in our own lives of who Jesus is. We, we lose that resemblance when we use all of our resources and power and time to accommodate ourselves rather than to actually serve the needs of other people. And so service then for these people, which is, I'm certainly falling in this category, is an act of repentance. Lord, my heart is not inclined to be selfless. I know lots of selfless people. I'm not really great at it. But in serving, I can act in repentance. Lord, make my heart like yours. Transform me from the inside out. Reorient all my priorities. Make this not about me. Lord, I am not the center of the universe. Even when I am, I make like a big mess out of it. You are Lord. Help me to understand. Service can be repentance. Service is not about being busy with good things. I've been to so many churches. I've been raised in them. I have been this person. I have led people to this. Service is not about merit, nor is it about in this church at least, for sure, being busy looking like you're doing all the right things before Jesus comes back or something. That is not the kind of service we're talking about. Res does not need, listen to me, res does not need us to serve as much as our souls need to practice following Jesus in a servant's life. 
when we follow Jesus and lower ourselves and serve others, we are caught up in a saving act of our own. Jesus working in us salvation, renovating our hearts, and even blessing and gifting something to others. And when we do that, we realize Jesus, our brother, serves alongside us. But then when we lean over to serve others, you know what else we recognize? Jesus in the other. We recognize he's there. And he has promised to be there with the least of these. So when we're serving kids in classes, since I'm making that plug anyways, you're not serving a bunch of little children alone. You're serving Christ himself. You're serving Christ himself. Lord, what are you talking about? Where did we ever see you and we didn't serve you? You remember this conversation in scripture? Oh, yeah. When you served me in the least of these, I promise you I was there. You were serving me in the least of these, including children. We can find a service of Christ with us and in the other when we lower ourselves and humble ourselves in acts of service. And in fact, it's these people who practice this posture of service that Jesus calls the greatest among you. The greatest among you. This is why, like, when we, I go back and get coffee, I'm thinking, like, I can't believe this person served me coffee. This is, like, the greatest among us right here. Seriously. The people who are setting up classrooms, you're, like, the greatest among us. The people who are serving who aren't in this room that you don't even see, that can't even tell that I'm bragging about them right now, they're like the greatest among us. When you go to a restaurant or you see cleanup staff or you see people out working, they're making a paycheck, sure, but they're also serving you. You know what Jesus calls them? The greatest among you. So when someone's pouring you a glass of water, Rez, can we just like adopt these practices? Look at these people in the eye and say, thank you so much. Out of a place that's recognizing that this person is some of the greatest among us. This is what the posture of Jesus' heart looks like in us, not just in church, but throughout the whole world, throughout our daily lives. And, G- and Rez, uh, we are kind of packed full of these people, and it's actually a gift when we see a whole community of people orienting their lives in service towards us. Um, we see not only that our lives are being transformed in service but also our neighborhood sees this gift and our neighborhood sees the heart of Jesus on display. These people, where do they come from? They're always thanking. They're so, great. They're so grateful for things. They're always looking to serve. When I invite them over to the house and I serve them a meal, they insist on doing the dishes. They're just always up and looking to serve and never assuming that someone else will meet their needs. But they find this crazy, weird joy in making the needs of others um, ahead of their own. Who are these people? Can you imagine? That's what it looks like when we follow Jesus as a community. And by the way, a plug again, we're rebuilding all of those service teams right now. So if you want to get in on this joy of the kingdom of God and actually practice following Jesus, there's a sign up table in the back. You can just sign your name. We'll find you a spot or Jonathan's going to call you at some point as well. So we won't leave this up to chance. Amen. Right, Father Jonathan. All right. It's invitation, that's right. But hear me, please. And you'll hear this in Father Jonathan's call. Um, We are not just trying to fill empty spots or look busy. It's about making space for us to be transformed and learn from the master himself, this servant's life. Jesus, this is what it means. It's about discipleship, not just busy, not just being busy, but having our hearts transformed. 
So there's like a few sets of people that I want to speak to, because I think this message hits differently for a few different people. First is, if you're not in a place where you can serve out of joy, but you're just kind of like, Ugh, I can't even, I don't even want to go there. I've been there before. It's a real place. Um, if you cannot serve out of the, the abundance of God's joy and love for others, then don't. Don't do it right now. Instead, can I offer this to you? Ask God for help. Lord, would you help me? I'm in a weird spot, Lord. I, I think I need some help. Don't draw from this empty gas tank that, sh- that maybe you have. Out of this lot of guilt-ridden shame, and like, well, I really ought to. You're going to ought yourself to death. You will hurt yourself, and you will hurt others. Instead, don't start there. Instead, say, Lord, I am empty. Would you help me? Would you help me? Second group of people, if you're a parent, and you're hearing me going, great, I have to serve in the nursery. Because I, 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 I don't know why I hear this all the time, but can I just speak directly to you about this? If you have kids crawling you all over you all week, and you need a minute to sit here and hear the good news of God's love for you, then receive that gift and look around you at all these tios and tios around you who have made promises to take care of your kids and raise them in the way of the Lord. They are dying for an opportunity to take care of your children and give you a break. Amen. So receive that gift. Thank you, Francie. <laughs> we have so many people eager to serve you in this way. Receive that gift. Third person, third group of people. If you have super busy lives and you're hearing this, this kind of plug for this following Jesus business and making service a priority in your life, like, Sean, I don't know how I can make this fit in the arrangement of my life that I have right now. I would say to you, then don't dismiss this. You have some good work here to do. Lord, what's that about? How is it that I've arranged my life in such a way that I can't find ways to follow you in service? What's that about? Is that what you really want? You may have to make some hard decisions. You also may find that in the things that you're already doing, you can find Jesus serving others, and you can join him right there. You may not need to add something else. You might discern his presence already with you. Friends, when we make ourselves available to the heart of Jesus like this, and we begin with concrete actions, commitments, a decision to say, I want to serve. I want to follow Jesus, and I want to serve other people. We find the space opening up in our lives where the kingdom is now present and doing a work in us. And there's good news for us. God is present with us. He's transforming our lives. He's renovating our heart. He's making us into someone who is not so selfish, but a little bit more selfless. Someone who looks like Jesus. And he is good news in this world, is he not? He is good news. And we can become like him. Now, this discernment, whatever category you find yourself in, whatever spot you find yourself in this morning, you have discernment on your hands. You have some work to do. You have some questions to ask. This looks different for everyone. But it'll always look like discerning the presence of Jesus and then going there. It'll always be like listening. Jesus, are you inviting me with my set of gifts, with my set of circumstances, with my set of desires? Are you inviting me to follow you into an act of service for the sake of others in my life? Do that this week. Ask that question. I'm not kidding you. Here's a real story. I talked to someone in our church one time and I said, hey, where can I find you a place to serve? I know you love this church. Let me let you in on some of this good stuff of serving. And this person was like, Sean, I would love to do that, but I just don't have a lot of gifts. It's like, what are you talking about? What do you love to do? I'm not, kidding. I'm not adding any spin to this at all, okay? This person said, well, I just really love reading Scripture out loud for people. And I was like, you're in luck. 
we have, we have a role for that. Now, it may not occur to you the things you can or can't do, I don't know, like, or the things that we have going on, but find someone in the church, uh, one of us or anybody, and say, you know, I really love to do this. I would love to find a space in our community to do this thing. And I promise you, you would be blown away at the need that the community may have for that thing. You also may find that, like, what you love to do maybe doesn't make immediate sense, and you need a place to start. Start with our family ministry. Everybody in this church is invited to start with our family ministry. And in fact, when we have a whole bunch of people following Jesus in service, we should never need volunteers for our family ministry. That should never be a problem. But do that work of discernment. You guys promise me you'll take some time to ask, Lord, where are you? How do you want to use my gifts? Where's the space you're inviting me to serve? And as we come to the table, let this question be on your heart. Don't just kind of come together like robots and do your thing and eat the bread and the wine and move on. But have the question in your heart. Lord, you are serving us at this table. Give me such a glimpse of your service of my life, Jesus, that I would become like you. Help me, Lord, to become like you. May that be the prayer on our hearts as we come to the table this morning. Let's take a moment of silence and invite the Holy Spirit to speak to us exactly in that way. Amen. You're listening to Resurrection South Austin, a community of faith, learning to do life together in the goodness of God. For more information, you can find us online at resaustin.com.